Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode nine of the EdTech Distilled podcast. Just a little conversation between some EdTech enthusiasts talking about all things learning and technology and what's going on in our lives and a little bit of drinking and stuff like that. So, um, with me, uh, as always, Dave Lurch. You're on the mic with M- Mike. With Mike. <laughs> Is that a. Yeah, I, was, that's good. I always wanted to say, you're on the mic with Mike. So I, my name, I'm, hmm. my name you, is. If- if you begin rapping, I'm leaving. So just my, so you know, yeah. if you, how'd you how'd you know about my second career? <laughs> so we'll oh edit this out in post. No, we're not no. editing anything. That was so, fantastic. If anyone could see how much I've already <laughs> consumed, I was like, I thought his name was Dave. I know. <laughs> I go by Mike. M I C. Uh, oh my god that's the best one so far okay we're done uh, so yeah right. that's it <laughs> that's a just so anyone out there is not going to be like oh he didn't think of that himself yeah uh it's from bad boys i'm aware it's from the 1995 uh-huh. will smith film bad boys so that's a reference for one person so Great. We have a lot <laughs> well, of i'm listeners. sure he or she will enjoy it <laughs> one of our seven listeners so. yeah, right <laughs> So the person laughing in the background there, that is Kim Darche. And if you Woo-hoo! listen to the podcast at all, you've heard Kim before. We were on it uh, on a uh, in a, I guess, a panel discussion uh, with Matt Weld and Kim and Dave and I. And we talked mm-hmm. about all sorts of new stuff. Um, mm-hmm. I guess it wasn't necessarily new, but it was more where we're going after the COVID thing. And so Kim was nice enough to join us again on the podcast. Mm-hmm. We wanted to have you on. So thanks yeah, for joining sure us. I bullied my way in one of the, it was a lot of bullying. <laughs> there might've been that. Yeah. I think on the podcast, you actually accuse us of yeah, not telling I, you about it. You did. I did 100%. Mm-hmm. 100% but, and we'll get to this, but Kim is drinking something from Trader Joe's. And so yes. tonight we maybe can finally get that Trader Joe's sponsorship. We've been trying to get, you know, cause we have you know. plugged it a lot. So yeah. Yeah. You know, Trader I almost so I love TikTok and there's this woman on TikTok who who doesn't call it Trader Joe's she calls it Trader Joe's with an H. Um so that almost came out of my mouth straight out the back. Okay. Adam's okay. trying to work oh, out the it now. <laughs> I'm not okay. So instead of the J, yeah, she puts an H. I'm like, Mm -hmm. just adding an extra. No, she's a replacement, and so, but I I stopped myself. So I good. Keep it PG. Start right now. Let's keep it PG. Yeah. (laughs) So this is we're off like gangbusters here on this episode. So we're gonna jump right into what's new and exciting. Yes. Uh, Dave, you threw some stuff on here, and I've got a couple, so I'll I'll let you go first. Yeah. So. We've have it seems like we've documented this every single week, but Google is really making that shift to being more of a work friendly uh, tool versus also being a school friendly tool. And one of the big updates they have coming up is they are indicating um, within Google Meet. So if you send out an invite in your Google Calendar, something that's going to be released via rapid release is the option to say you're going to join a meet in person, uh, meeting in person or virtually. So that'll that invite will pop up. Um, on your calendar and you can say if you're going to be on Google Meet or you'll actually physically be there, which I think is kind of cool. And that's you don't have to do anything for that. It's on rapid release. At some point, your uh, Google Calendar will have that ability to do that. I think Um, that's a great feature. Yeah, I think so too, especially in light of what uh, education could end up being, you know, in the next few years, because we really... You know, with with the different COVID variants coming up and schools kind of having to make their decision based on what their region is doing, maybe not right. necessarily what 
nationally is going on. Um, I think that's a that's very cool to have that option. And if it's as simple as navigating a calendar and clicking a button, I mean, that's something you could teach kids at any age or any person to do. Yeah. I, I really want the button that says, I'm going to tell you I'm going to be there and then change my mind last minute. So if we can yeah. get that one rolled in, <laughs> that might be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know what? You can suggest to Google. I think yeah, we should you're do right. that. Right. I should probably right. get that on. Absolutely. That way, right? <laughs> and then so you can say, yes, you're coming and then go ahead and write up the email that says, oh, I'm not going to be able to make it. Something <laughs> came up and schedule that email to be sent oh to the people if, just moments before the meeting starts. If that, only I knew like someone who could code, who could like yeah. work that out for me. You don't even have to code that. That's <laughs> Gmail. Just set that schedule. And, you know, and if Google's listening, that would be a real nice thing to put in that Gmail. They have those autofills and those like smart scripts uh -huh. where they'll fill it out. If I put that, it needs to know, just go ahead and fill out that excuse for me, I think. Right. So. <laughs> Um, the, the second thing is in the admin side, and this is if you're an admin super user or you're one of the Google admins in your district or on your, at your work, but, uh, the navigation bar has gotten a lot more, uh, usable. It's updated the navigation bar it should be on the left-hand side in the admin, uh, console. And I haven't had a chance to play around with this too much, but I was seeing it on my end, which probably means that it's fully rolled out for most people as of right now. So I just saw the change today, actually. Did you? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and yeah, I think it was, it was nice. It's it's a little bit nicer. And I think the admin side of things is a little overwhelming sometimes. Totally. And constantly it, changing. Constantly changing, yeah. But hopefully this is a way to streamline it a little bit more. So yeah. they like totally got rid of the uh Google certified admin. I think it's like coming back now, but like they weren't even doing it because I saw that. stuff changed so often they couldn't yeah. keep up with it. Absolutely. Um, and then this is not uh, education related, but I know we've talked a little bit about those are some of my favorites. Neither of my two are education. Related. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. Well, the first one is um, so Ford is really trying to push their electric car and trying to catch up with Tesla. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of the things that they are actually uh, going to try to crowdsource here is they have created a, they have a self-driving car that is uh, using kind of similar technology to what the Tesla uses. So the Tesla uses an AI on board that uses cameras built in all over the vehicle mm -hmm. to auto drive, to read what's near you and to identify, is that a truck? Is that a stop sign? What is that? And I guess Ford's car is doing the same thing, self-driving car, except uh, instead of having people test it, uh, and, you know, you buy the Ford car and give feedback. They're actually partnering with Lyft in Miami and Austin, Texas. And uh, so you can actually get a Lyft in a self-driving Ford car. <laughs> Only those two cities. I mean, right I, I am frankly disappointed in that because I have had some of my most like philosophical conversations with my Uber slash Lyft driver. I'm just, yeah. I'm just saying like, I, I think that's a detriment mm -hmm. to the world and we should start a petition right now to stop. Yeah. That. Down with those robots. <laughs> I, yeah. And that's I, and crazy. I, I couldn't get into the car. I, I couldn't do it. I don't know. I don't, I don't know what I I'm, I am. Con, I'm just curious to see how this goes because uh, we, we have a Tesla, and so the the auto drive on it that turns on. Oh, you've got a Tesla. It is. <laughs> okay, so if my the, I got my a Buick, so my, whatever. Right. My, my wife has a Tesla, just so everyone's aware. So minivan. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm driving just, a minivan. I just rode a bike to vacation Bible school. Okay, so. <laughs> <laughs> so, but the way that 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 auto drive works, if you turn it on, it's it is it's very weird to have the car drive for you, 
And um, it, there's there's a lot of just little things that aren't quite ironed out with it. And it just makes me wonder, you know, because because the benefit of Uber and Lyft is the 2 a.m. crowd, right? Like when they're going home, I mean, it, and that's been proven statistically that it's cut down on, you know, drunk driving and it's protecting people more because they have that option. And I, I just I'm just curious to see how that ends up playing out. But still kind of interesting. Um, and then the uh, fourth and final thing I have here is uh, in case you all wanted it, Twitter begins testing in iOS only for right now. Uh, but they're hoping to navigate it towards the actual app and the program itself. Uh, Twitter is going to begin testing a dislike button. So <laughs> you can now dislike things. So Twitter uh, is going to become Reddit, 140 so character sad. Reddit, basically. Yeah, I'm not a fan of that one. No. Yeah. Because no, I, I feel yet. like there's enough negativity on that platform anyway. But yeah. Speaking Adam, of negativity, what about you? Uh, <laughs> no. Uh, that wasn't the right segue, but kind of. So I have two things that sort of just dis- dis- that that I just I don't want to say discovered this week, but um, kind of came up. The first one is a website, and if you if you're on like Verge at all or any of those like kind of ed tech places, you might have seen an article about this. It's a website called This Website Will Self Destruct.com. Have you guys seen this? Hmm. Okay, so um, it's a website that was built by a coder who has remained anonymous but uh coder goes by fem android f-e-m-m-e android um and so this is a a web developer who um was like kind of going through uh it was it was a competition for like a game you had like 48 hours to build a game and the concept was keep this thing alive like Hmm. some you have to do something to keep it alive so she built a website that will self-destruct if it doesn't receive a message in 24 hours. So it's basically like an open form. Like you oh. can submit whatever you want That's and cool. there's mm-hmm. no login. There's no personal information. <clears throat> it's just submitted. And so it's been up for 14 months, 26 days, 20 wow. hours, 52 seconds. So it's been up for a little more than a year and two months, uh, almost three. So like, and it's interesting because you can read the messages that other people have posted. You don't know when they were posted. You don't have any idea who wrote it, but you can kind of read through these messages. And I sort of discovered this a few weeks ago. It came in one of these weird emails that I get, and I thought it was fascinating. And of course, like total time suck because I sat there and like read all these messages. And some of them are super heartfelt, like, you know, hey, you know, there was one on here just a minute ago that was like, um, uh, hang in there, buddy, helps on the way. Like, that's all it said. Like, what a great message. And some of them have been really dark. And some of them are very honest and open. And some of them, you know, could be trolls just saying whatever they want. And, like, when she first launched it, it sort of exploded right off the bat. And people, it became kind of a troll magnet because of the anonymity of the whole thing. And she kind of, you know, narrowed down a lot of the, um, uh, some was able to kind of get some security and some filters and things like that. So it's a little bit better now, but every now and again, there's still some stuff that pops up. But again, it's a really interesting reflection into, you know, what is on the internet in, in sort of an anonymous and random way. Uh, but I love it. I go there every so often and throw a comment in, you know, because again, it does, nobody knows, but it's a good place to sort of put my thoughts and my feelings. And yeah, so, so anyway, can you, can you, so can you see the most recent message that was you, just there's posted? no time? No, Gosh, it's just dang. like you get one that's random. I just sent one and I thought, wow. Yeah. If that would pop up, you know, the website that I do um, visit often and never submitted. I don't know if you know Post Secret, the website. Mm-hmm. 
No. So it is an organization that um, uh, is a nonprofit where you are supposed to send your deepest and darkest secret on a postcard. And you send it anonymously or you sign it. And the idea is that if you send out your deepest and darkest secrets, the ones that really like eat at you at night, that it helps prevent suicide or suicidal thoughts. And every Sunday they post like 10 new, do not bring it to, to into the classroom because lots of them are not classroom appropriate. But yeah, it is- Yeah, like the first one that pops yeah, up. Yeah, I mean, there's right? a lot. Like, I mean, <laughs> it is adult like only, but like yeah. the whole concept of idea is of just having to say those words or get them out there, you know, into the existence and out of your head. That's kind of the same idea of this website is like, I just need to put it someplace. Um, to get rid of it. So, but it's a really great website. I would rather clean houses instead of being a lawyer. Yeah. Like, like it's like, it's, and the, the artistic pieces behind some of these are just fantastic. And it's been there for a decade plus. It's, Um, it's amazing. You know, and I think there, there's something to be said for being able to, to kind of communicate something like that when you don't feel you have a voice to do that. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's mm-hmm. why people post so much on Facebook mm-hmm. or on Twitter, you know, and they use it as, as kind of a form of therapy. And so, I mean, I could definitely see it being a, some, some negative on there, you know, but still like what neat, neat things. I like that when we are using technology in those unique ways, because yeah. I think that that is such a cool way to kind of anonymously connect. Mm-hmm. Love it. Hmm. Fascinating. Boy, there's another, there's another time suck. Yeah. I'm not going to get into that. (laughs) So, uh, so my second thing, which I thought was a little bit more lighthearted, um, is there's a website called bright sellers altogether, B R I G H T C E L L A R S. Um, that was a website put together by, and it says MIT grad. So you think, well, they must be super smart, built this algorithm, uh, that asks you questions and then matches you with your wine type. Like what types of wines you would like. Amazing. So maybe Trader Joe's is on the list. So the first question, you know, (laughs) what type of chocolate could you eat for the rest of your life? And, you know, their options and then like fruit stuff too. Love it. Um, How do you like your tea? You know, and so on and so forth. So like it'll put them all together and then it'll give you suggestions. So then it's not necessarily like they don't make their own wine, but they sell you other wines. So they're like, this wine matches up with your questions and you can buy it for like, it's like nine bucks or something for a bottle. Like they're actually really pretty cheap. Um, But uh, you know, and then, yeah, you did, I did get onto their mailing list um, by doing it, but I was a pretty easy, you know, unsubscribe and I, but I've been back a couple of times just kind of mess with it. It's pretty neat. Um, So anyway, that's kind of a cool way to use technology to help you drink more. (laughs) <laughs> fitting. fitting yeah, yeah which you know i mean not a bad thing no yeah. that's kind of what we're doing here you know mm-hmm. absolutely right all right so kim yes we do have you on here for a purpose yes um and Very- yeah and it actually <laughs> kind of stems from your some of the stuff that you said in that podcast that we were on earlier, that, that mm-hmm. panel that we were on earlier, mm-hmm. and you mentioned um, starting a project called The Big Reset mm-hmm. with your teacher. So we do want to talk about that. But before we get to that, what we want to know kind of your journey. How did you get to be Kim Darche? 
as Lord. we know her now. Well, my dad, my mom. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but so I, my parents. It all began on a farm in 1923. And then, like, and then I tell you, I'm like obsessed with TikTok. So every time I mention things, like a TikTok like comes in my head. You know, I'm at the Pizza Hut. I'm at the and you don't watch it so it just lost on you but like someone out there totally got that joke yep. just to yeah, let you know um, I've heard, yeah. yep. <laughs> um so i actually started off believe it or not as a theater major when i um left um what? high school and went to college i know no i don't believe that i know and you know and then <laughs> i went down it was like too much of like yeah get off your, you know, pipe dream. And so then I went into education and I loved it. And I taught in Catholic schools and I taught in Chicago public school system. Like I ran the gamut and I finally found myself in a place where I love to work with adult learners. So I deliver professional development for whoever will listen to me. Um, and I also teach, um, uh, so I do that at in a middle school um, in Lamont. And then I also am an adjunct at the University of St. Francis and Trinity Christian College. So, yeah. Very cool. So, that, so that's what kind of got me to this place. But um, believe it or not, I had to teach remotely all last year because I didn't have a remote teacher. So I stepped back in the classroom, which to me was was I found no negative in it because mm -hmm. I loved it so mm -hmm. much um, and working again with the kids and putting a lot of the things I say into practice was pretty fantastic. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that sounds good. What did, no, what did I, you teach I always, last year? Sorry, I taught ELA sixth grade, seventh grade, and then social studies sixth grade, which I tell you, I don't know who's writing that curriculum. I, no one, there was no 11 year old interested in Mesopotamia. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. Like I had to like no. get to that black plague, like real fast in the middle ages. Like I had to do like, like I really had to get there because they're like, mm, what? Um, but we made it work. It's just um, a different mindset of, of what mm -hmm. that was. So yeah, it was great. All and virtual. Middle, middle schoolers remote. That seems like a, it seems like a tough crowd. You know, and, and I'll say this and I'll say it again. I really think one of our biggest mishaps in education is we have gone too far skill-based and not so much stuff, like learning stuff. You know, like sure. it's hard for kids to come back and if you've taught them all about man idea, great. It's great. You got to know it. But like, isn't it better to say like, I taught the kids about sharks and we had Shark Week. And in there, we talked about Man Idea and we learned all that. But so I really themed my units, which helped me a ton. So the kids knew we studied suspense. And in that suspense, we did a Hitchcock unit where that's what we studied. And they learned how to write suspense and feel suspense and read suspense. But it was all under Hitchcock. So they went home and would tell their parents, yeah, we're doing a unit on Hitchcock. We did a unit on Shakespeare. We read Animal Farm, you know, so we really had these larger images. So it wasn't as horrible as one might have thought because I did try to make it interesting. Yeah. Oh, I, mean, I bet it was great. It was I, a lot of fun. And I do think the longer you stay out of the classroom, sometimes the pull to come back is there still. It Absolutely. is. I, I, I mean, I laughed a lot. Oh, can, I I tell, can I tell a really funny story? Please. Like, this is real funny. So 
I used to have a headset that looked like I was like landing airplanes at O'Hare, like it had like the thing and everything. And the kids like, oh, Mrs. Darshay, you look like you're on a commercial. And I said, oh, what, like L'Oreal or like, you know, like something like that. And they're like, no, for Grubhub. Well, first of all, Grubhub doesn't have a commercial. I don't know where they made the leap, but that became an ongoing joke. So I had a, te- I had a teaching partner, right? I bought us both Grubhub t-shirts. So we get on the Zoom, we're both wearing our Glove Hub t-shirts and our cameras are off and we're welcoming the kids and we're kibitzing with them like we do. And all of a sudden I had a sound effect that was a phone call. And we had another teacher in the school call in and pretend to be ordering Grubhub. And I'd be like, hello, this is Grubhub. What can I get you? And it went on for five minutes. And I have to tell you, we laughed so hard. And the kids in the chat, the chat blew up. Like there was like 300 messages because they had no idea what was going on. Best break I've ever played in the classroom and super hysterical. So we had two teachers in the building call into the Zoom call do the ordering with it. Uh, it was fantastic. That's awesome. So, yeah. and then it was the, great. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, I mean, you, you got to have that side hustle. You know what I mean? And yeah. that's it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. They, but right. they made commercials of me. They put my head on the Grubhub person dancing. <laughs> yeah. That was, that was something. So it was great. Awesome. So, so, the, so it's, you know, you don't get that with adults in the same way that you get with kids. Right. So um, going back to Adam's point, like, Bits like that you really miss when mm. you're out of the classroom. So I what? Think it, I, sorry, go, go ahead. ahead, Adam. No, oh, you. you. Well, no. I think what's interesting is to hear hear you talk about like the teaching things versus you know teaching concepts. So like you know we we looked as a district uh, because of COVID. We were like, hey, what are the most important things you got to cover? You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like we, mm-hmm. odds are that yeah. we can't we can't assume we're teaching 180 days. So right. or 174 days or whatever it is. So. And uh, when we started drilling down and talking about those specific things, and I just think it's interesting to take that concept of like, look, we're covering, like you said, sharks this week mm-hmm. and, or we're doing sharks for a month because mm-hmm. you can work so many things in there when those kids are engaged, mm-hmm. you know, and, and things build and build on one another. Yeah. There's a great book. And I actually think I mentioned it the last time we were together. It's called The Knowledge Gap. And that mm-hmm. more than any book has really challenged the way I'm seeing how curriculums rolled out. You know, is, is where we've missed this, like, I'm learning about John F. Kennedy, you know, pick, it doesn't matter, like pick it, like, but for kids can't come home. And when they say they come to the kitchen table and their parents say, what did you learn today? They, they can't understand. Well, I learned the thematically blah, blah, blah. Who wants to say that? Like, you know, right. like, but if they say, yeah, I learned about JFK and then you can have dialogue with around a kitchen table. It's really deep. I'm gonna have to check that one out. So um, we're gonna throw that in the the knowledge gap. Mm-hmm. Is it a book? It's a book, right? It's a book. Is that what you said? Yes. It's a book. Um, mm-hmm. We're gonna throw that one in the uh, in the show notes to check that out because I'm controversial. So it's myself. not like it's not a black and white. Like this is the right way to do it, but it did get me thinking. So That's take it for what it's worth. It. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, and I th- I think depending on you know, depending on your career as a, as an educator and like what year you're at, because when mm-hmm. you start out, you, you got to have concrete stuff. Yeah. I mean, I need, I need things that work systems that work, but yep. I think as you kind of move past those first couple of years, it is good to have those thought processes and those ideas yeah. within yourself, because um, I think that's what makes us all really good teachers with kids or whether you're working with adults, just kind of thinking things outside of the box, because I mean, that's when all of your great things happen with, with, with anyone you're working with. Mm-hmm. Agreed. So 
talk us a little bit about the big reset because i think that was i mean this is all sort of part of it mm-hmm. um you know looking at the way this past year was and what we all had to do as teachers and coaches and administrators and everything mm-hmm. it really made a lot of people rethink the way education works and mm-hmm. and i think we talked about it before too is we can't just settle back in i, don't th- I mean i don't think we're going to be settling back in this year at least it, appears that way um but we can't just settle back into what education was without taking something away mm-hmm. but but at the same time understanding what does need to come back mm-hmm. so so what is this big reset because i think that's sort of so the mindset of the I, I love what you said about like we can't go back to the start so we can't say we're going to restart right because mm-hmm. the word restart means like going back to business as usual we're going right. to have a restart like right. we should be staying away from that word at any cost because we're not going to restart we're just not like but a reset is to set things up or to replace differently so not to change not to for- or to change not to forget the old stuff and, and wash it away but to to reset it with purpose so I had found this book on the internets, which, you know, if it's written there, it has to be true. So, Mm -hmm. uh, but it's actually called The Great Reset. And I gave you all a link so that your seven, now eight listeners can um, listen to it. (laughs) Shout out to number eight. There you go. Um, But it taught, it breaks down this idea of, it was written by two European gentlemen, they seem smart. I don't know. Their pictures are nice. One has glasses <laughs> on, which is where I judge, and the other one's climbing a mountain. So they gotta be doing something right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right, right. You don't get to climbing a mountain without uh, being smart, right? You yeah, a hundred percent. or know what you're talking about in the general right. global perspective. Exactly. Yeah, he was at the top of the mountain. It came to him. Um, but he, uh, they talk about this idea of resetting the world after COVID in three big areas: macro, micro, and individual. So taking those three big perspectives, like when we look at districts or education in general, like our huge education system is be, you know, how are they going to go in and look at things differently? I know so many people were disappointed that we still had standardized tests in the midst of COVID. Like we were administering it and kids were just exhausted and teachers were exhausted. Like, and you look and you think like, what the what? Like if we've learned nothing, did we not learn that that might not have been vital in this past year, but we did it anyway. So that didn't change, you know, will it? I don't know. But from like a bigger perspective, how is education changing? Then at a micro level, when we look at curriculum, when we look at some of the interdependent things that are happening around us, how is that going to be reset? And then finally, individually, like me as a person, me as a teacher, how is that going to change? So here's the big piece. So many districts, and I don't know the answer to this at all. We are not paying attention to that reflective piece where we're looking back and like looking at ourselves and seeing how we've changed. Like for one thing, the 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 fact in the book, it, it states like, or the the paper, I don't know, it's not a real book, it's a PDF. Or, I mean, I guess it's 110 pages long. 110 pages. Is that, is that a book? I mean, it's not a picture book. Yeah, is it's it not like, a pamphlet if it's 110 pages. I, I don't know. Like, where, what? Does it fall under? I don't know. We'll have to if email. I, we'll have to if email I can't guy. staple it, it's a book. 
Okay. Could you please print it out real quick and see? Cause <laughs> and I try to staple it. That would be great. Um, but uh, throughout there, it says during the pandemic, we became doers. We cut our own hair. We made our own bread. We didn't ask permission. We just did it. And teachers had the same thing. We didn't ask if we could release our class 10 minutes early from a zoom call. Cause we had taught everything we taught. We just did it. We didn't ask if we could use our bathroom wall as a whiteboard because that's what worked. We just did it. Now, going back, will we take that with us or will we be again afraid to just do things without having to seek this permission? I don't know. But we're not doing due diligence to talk about it and have these conversations with teachers. We're making PD and rolling right back in like like no, nothing internally had happened. So that's where kind of this reset idea is in my head. So it's kind of like so it's kind of like going through a video game and not starting from scratch. Mm-hmm. It's like Zelda. I'm going to use Zelda as an example. I love original, Zelda. The original Zelda. Oh, those graphics were stellar. Absolutely. <laughs> when you died in the original Zelda You didn't lose everything. Mm -hmm. You got to reset. You started Mm -hmm. at the beginning, but you still had everything that you'd earned up to that point. Yeah. I love that. That's kind of how I feel like that's Mm -hmm. what, that's what we need to do going Mm -hmm. forward. I love that. Yeah. And like how to start, like for me, the, 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 and they talk a lot about in general, when you're looking at it, we should grieve that we lost this year. Because I don't know if you're like me, like when I think back to last summer, my brain goes to two summers ago. So mm-hmm. I went on vacation with my right. family. I'm like, oh yeah, last summer. And they're like, no, you didn't go last summer. Right, like, right. dang, I went. So I've lost a year. I have lost some sort of year and we don't grieve it or give it notice. I don't know how, but there there has to be some just conversation or reflection in it. Yeah. So that's what we're kind of doing with our teachers in a really simple way in August, as opposed to having traditional PD, we're just kind of looking at how do you reset and put yourself back in the game um, along with it. So you, you I have know, no, I have more questions that... than answers. That's, I'm sorry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, and, and talking about the whole, reset thing or reflecting on where you're at, you know, yeah. and, and taking time to grieve. I mean, ju- you know, my wife and I were talking about this the other day. We have an eight year old. So you were talking about it in, in, our, Tesla. in our Tesla. Okay, yeah. Well, it was driving. So we just <laughs> faced each other. I to took a nap. She woke me up from my sleep. I said, okay. what, what, what is, what's wrong, darling? We were playing cards. <laughs> <laughs> we were playing, yeah. uh, you don't even want to know because oh wow that's I, not that way but oh, yes. i i hooked the nintendo switch up to it all the time so, so so i don't and everyone's like my daughter just got done doing a, a play in st louis and so it's about an hour drive for us one way to go there and some of the parents were like oh it must be so bad for you driving that hour and having to sit for three hours and i was like yeah, it's real. Yes. <laughs> and really, I was like, honestly, man, I got surround sound. I've been playing Mario Golf and I've been playing Mario Kart I, in the car. So. so crazy. But but on the topic of grieving, you know, we were talking about how our daughter, she lost her entire second grade year. You know, her mm-hmm. second grade for her forever. You know, this generation of kids, 
whatever they were, our seniors, our kindergartners, you know, preschool, first grade, doesn't matter what grade you were, you know, it's different for us to lose that year. But I think for those kids, I mean, that's going to define them for a generation. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's really, really sad. And, and like you said, you know, we are not taking time to give kids that space and say, Hey, this was terrible. You know, it stinks mm-hmm. for you guys and it's okay to be sad. You know, mm-hmm. I feel like sometimes we're just like, buck up, we're going to get through it. It's going to be okay, which is fine. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's still good. I think to acknowledge that there is some loss there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You got to move thick, on at some point. There's a close. Yeah. I would like your number. Just I know. <laughs> it's a, yeah, it's a mixed bag. I think just recognizing and naming the feelings or naming how they yeah. felt um, and not necessarily saying it was good or bad or whatever. I mean, a pandemic brings out the best and the worst in everyone. Any tragedy does, right? Like any natural right. disaster brings out the best, the good and the evil. But where's the evidence? You know, where's the recognizing it? Um, of it. Again, the TikTok, I've met a lot of therapists on the TikTok and I take them at their word that they are a therapist um, because why wouldn't I? They're in like a white blouse. They have a climbing mountains. Got glasses on. They have glasses on. They have done their hair. Um, So I take them at their word, but like it (laughs) says like, you know, you could get rid of so much of your overthinking if you just take like 60 seconds to name what you're feeling. And then it's not like stuck in your head. I mean, going back to what you said, Adam, with that website or with the website, I said, like, if we just recognize it, we can move past it. But instead it leaves yeah. in our head and we just play it over and over and over again. Right. Well, and I think this is a perfect opportunity for teachers to look at their own stuff and say, well, instead of saying, well, this is how we did it. Mm-hmm. Finally, I can get back to what we did two years ago mm-hmm. and, and totally revamp things especially when it comes to like like smaller classes like i had a conversation today with the teacher who's going to be teaching um what was like the broadcast class mm-hmm. so which is i taught for like 10 years i did our the news broadcast with video and newspaper and all that stuff at my old school and, and i really enjoyed it. it was probably mm-hmm. my favorite thing to teach but um you know and and she kind of has in her head she only gets the kids for a quarter Mm-hmm. So like, that's like no time to really develop video skills and editing right. and things like that. And she's like, you know, I mean, we're going to have to put out this broadcast. And so in our conversation, we kind of came up with the idea of make the broadcast, like the last thing you do. And it's the final project. And it's, there's only two of them, you know, just so that you get every kid into it or something and mm-hmm. everything else you do through the quarter can be other like fun projects. Like, you know, make a movie trailer, do a, you know, some kind of, you, really you know, biography. Yeah, make learn how to make TikTok because you know that's where their brains are all going to go. They're going to go. So do it. Why not? Right. And so you know, I mean, I think that's the kind of thing where you can just sort of say, well, does it matter if we do a broadcast every week? I mean, is it more important that the kids are learning and having kind of these fun projects as opposed to making sure they're getting their deadlines done and you got to have this story and you know, I mean, this is a great opportunity to for some projects like that to become a little bit more. A little bit more fun and less about the finished product, more about the experience and less about, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Well, and who who are you who are you doing it for? You know, is exactly it, is it right. for you because you want to do this and you have that, you know, that expectation of yourself, or are you looking into the learning process? Because right, if you have every you have a different group every quarter. I mean, the the product That's is never going to be the same. No, absolutely you know? not. Well, and they just went through a whole year without a broadcast, and somehow we made it right. Through. Right. And it's still, yes. we're still here. So right. There you go. I mean, 
So I, you know, I mean, I think this is this the whole concept of the big reset is is a great idea, mm-hmm. and I think that's that's perfect. Yeah, and I think it's just this fact of like coming into your PD this year. And like setting aside the first 10 minutes to talk about, not like, oh, I'm so glad to be back and off the Zoom calls and I hated Zoom. Well, guess what? There were 10 kids that probably came out of their shell in my class Mm -hmm. because of that. You know, they were allowed to be funny in the chat in ways that they can't in the classroom. They were allowed to, you know, send a direct message to me in a group of 50 and I answered them right away. Like, so, so we can't just like throw the baby out with the bathwater, you know, in essence, but we can't say we hated it either. You know? Right. Right. I think there's definitely good stuff that came from it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So, so Kim Mm. with, with the big reset, um, how, what are you doing with your teachers or in your district to allow them to reset? Like, what, what does that mean for you? Mm -hmm. So as a coach, like I'm not doing some big, like that's what our PD is called in the, in the summer. Like we've named it the big reset. It's just kind of, you know, the same way of bringing back some pieces. But for me, my whole year is going to be resetting teachers into this mindset. So I really want them to go in and become more reflective than we ever have. Because now we have these two huge different platforms, right? We have 2019 and 2020. And how can you reflect on what was your teaching like in 2019? I mean, I'm using arbitrary, you know, the whole pre-pandemic, post-pandemic, whatever you want. But how did you look as a teacher in 2019? How did you look as a teacher in 2020? And where are those, where do they overlap? Like, where can you pull the best pieces? So it will be a ton of reflecting for my whole 21, 22 school year as I get back into my role as a coach. Yeah, that's going to be interesting, too. Mm-hmm. Rolling back into your old job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm. we'll see. And making sure that's not same as we always did it. Right. 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 And, and the you know, identifying the 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 group of most need. And for me, the group mm-hmm. of most need is, is new teachers, right. you know, Absolutely teachers right. who just walked into the door and they had, you know, and their cooperating teachers were amazing, mm-hmm. but they didn't have structure. You know, we have to get right. back to what does it mean to be a professional learning community and, and grow in that sense. Yeah. Absolutely. We have two teachers who were hired in 2019. And so that's their first year was 2019 and 2020 mm-hmm. was their second. And so I actually have met with them a few times this summer just to see how they were feeling going into next year because their whole experience has been, okay, my mm-hmm. year got cut because of a pandemic. And then I taught in COVID in 2020 and we don't know what next year will be. And so, mm-hmm. you know, they've been saying, does it ever get better? Does it ever get easier? Because they're struggling. And I said, you know, I mean, Yes and no, things change, but that's been our discussion has been look at the things that you guys have learned in these two years, you know, Uh I mean, so, so many people have had to come at that from a different perspective and had to learn it kind of through back channels or or come to it. Not naturally. It wasn't something they were doing where they get to start the ground and hit the ground running in that regard. And really, they didn't learn how to accept feedback, right? So think about right. it. Like, you, you've now hired these teachers and you just don't want them to leave, right? Like, just please, yes, dear correct. George, like, yeah. stay in the building, right? So you're like, you're doing great. You're doing amazing. I can't believe it. Blah, blah, blah. You're doing great. Which in reality, they were probably being good teachers. Were they being great? Phenomenal? 
No, because I don't know any teacher that I was about that, to say. Right? I don't think like, anybody I don't know was. No, yeah. but, no but they didn't get any feedback. They always have done anything I did was great without feedback because you were just in this mode of <laughs> we are so glad you're here. Yeah, that's a great right. point. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's an excellent point. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. How this will affect evaluations? Yeah, and you're probably not going to sleep at all. Crap. You're not going to sleep at all tonight, Adam. I'm like, oh no, I'll sleep some... pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> as, he pour, as he pours his third, mm, he's, yeah, been nur he's been nursing that. This is uh -huh. this is this is Friday. Friday. This is the Friday. I am mostly asleep right now. Let's, oh, okay, good. Let's good. not you just, uh, just on autopilot. Go. You're like the Tesla. Mm. Totally. Tesla, Adam. Love it. myself. I'm just reading off this piece of paper that we have. <laughs> Pauses for a moment. Size. Clear throat. <laughs> You're reading David's daughter's yeah. vacation Bible school play. Right. Time. Yeah. I wanted do to you do want all the parts? parts. Do you want them? Would you like yeah. Mary? <laughs> you can. Hey, that's totally fine. Whatever you want. I'll, I'll put in a good word for you, man. I'm good. <laughs> oh god all right so we came after all this like we did with the panel we came to the conclusion that we don't know what's right. going on and we don't know what's happening and i kind of thought by this point we'd have a better idea i will say i am i am anticipating a uh a less anxious school year mm -hmm. i could i could call it that i mean i think that the anxiety of what's going to change next and what i think that that has lessened. I don't think it's gone, but I think right. it's lessened. And I think right. that will help teachers at least center themselves a little more and get, get off of the like one day at a time. Mm -hmm. How will I, hopefully I will, you know, just do this correctly and then I'll worry about tomorrow, tomorrow. Yeah. You'll and, notice in the, in the paper, if you do breeze through it, at one point they talk about this idea of cognitive closure. So like we as humans, like do not like ambiguity. Like we like a more black and white picture, even if we mm -hmm. don't want to admit it. Like, so this cognitive closure is like, what's going to bring this pandemic to an end? Like we right. would like to yeah. know that right now. And we're, right. I still don't think we're there, but we're going to no. give ourselves this delusional piece, Adam, like just what you said, like, we're going to be in this delusion of, okay, we're back to normal. It's great mm -hmm. when we're not yet. Right. And we have all these things to process. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I still, I'm, I'm by myself most of the time at work and we still are under a mask mandate, which mm -hmm. I don't disagree with by any means, but I have gotten out of the mask habit. And yeah. I am really struggling with remembering to bring one sure. into yeah. the building with me. And I, cause people walk in the room and, I know I need to have a mask on, but I don't have one. Like it's terrible. I've totally gotten out of that frame of mind. And I, you know, I mean, that's the kind of stuff that that may just be the new normal. And, and instead uh -huh. of focusing so much on it, you know, just that's a thing. It's just going to happen. Now right. let's move on from it. But I, I have to set that mindset to be, you know, a little bit more prepared. And you know, what's funny about that, just on the topic of mask mandates is, is we just, we just watched, uh, my daughter was in a big production in, in a, in a big play and they had to be masked during the whole play. So every person had to be masked, whether they were mic'd or not singing, whatever, every kid was masked and it never was an issue. Once the kids mm -hmm. rolled with it, they were totally fine with it. Yeah. Oh, okay. We understand. Right. And I, and you know, it just made me think, wow, you know, like kids are really adaptable with this stuff. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, it really is impressive. And I think, you know, talking about what we what we see going forward, 
I've noticed that it seems like in my area, at least, and there's a lot of very small school districts in my area, you know, in towns of 5,000 people or less, it, it seems like we're not following a one size fits all response to this anymore. Like I felt like last year, everybody was kind of copying off each other because mm-hmm. no one had any answers as to how to mm-hmm. handle this. And I've seen within maybe a 50 mile radius, I've probably seen four or five different plans to the start of school that are coming out just because it's what works for their community. And I actually think that's awesome because Mm -hmm. I think that is what needs to happen. We need to be looking at our, our situation, our, our students, our families, our faculty, you know, our buildings, you know, our custodial staff, all those things and finding a plan that fits that, not a plan that's pre-approved by, Right. all of these neighboring districts just because it's what everyone's doing and we're in solidarity. There's nothing wrong mm-hmm. with that. But I think that if we're really trying to solve problems, we have to do that in an individualistic manner. I agree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Totally. Hmm. Well, that having been said, Phew, we still that have was up, it was so uplifting. It was. Phew. Ah, I don't think it's bad. I do like, <laughs> I like bad. your, I do think the reset idea is, I think that is uplifting. And as a teacher, like I'm not teaching in the classroom. I would have loved, I don't know if I would have loved it. I would have, I would have enjoyed like being forced to change mm-hmm. different. Pe- uh, that's part of the reason why classes. I left the classroom was because of sort of the stagnant, like it was always the same stuff, mm-hmm. always the same bureaucracy, always the same issues. It was like nothing really ever changed. Um, right. So I had to change it. You know, so I stopped teaching English, but mm-hmm. like, I think that would have, I would have welcomed the change. I have to, I have to think that I would have, but Who you're, ge- but you in general like change. Yeah. You know, like when part, you talk yeah. to someone who really doesn't like change, right, right. that is an eye opening thing. Like when you see the, like oh, yeah. the fear in their eyes and they like fixate on something, like it's crazy. Cause I'm like, Oh, what? Oh, Okay. I'll change. You know what I mean? Like, you know, but it's a, it's a, I, I just think the process of being reflective, because I don't think I was a reflective teacher the, my first decade of, of my professional career, right? Like, uh, that's my ultimate goal is to get every teacher to begin to be more reflective and grow from there. Well, and evaluations don't, aren't necessarily made for reflection. I mean, they have a reflection component, but when a teacher is evaluated by an administrator, I think sometimes the the reflection piece of it is, I mean, it's, it's hard to, to actually reflect on what you've done. Yeah. Because you know, it's because so it, good to be reflective when you're being circled on a piece of paper. That's a great practice. You know, as, as I mean, opposed to like real. talking to yeah. someone, yeah. you right. know, like, mm, like I look right away, like, Oh good. I'm on all the excellence. All right. Great. You know, yeah, like, right. Like that's it. And then none of the words happen. Right. You know, I had, I had a friend who jumped from teaching to then working in the business for, and he was explaining how much more, um, how much more reflection there is that has to take place and how mm-hmm. much more not, it's not criticism, but it's how much more pushback there is from his colleagues. And it's not in a negative way, but it's mm-hmm. like when they kick ideas out, every everyone tears shreds so that it can be the best version of that idea it could be. And he's, he has had a really hard time with that because just because he was used because they were like, well, didn't you get evaluated? And wasn't that something that you dealt with? And he's like, yeah, but it, it wasn't in that questioning way. And, you know, I told him, I said, the thing is that you got to understand, man, as an educator and teacher, you are the Lord and master of your domain. Like in your room, you are the expert of that or, you know, in your job, and now you have to work with people who 
you're a team and you're a legitimate team. You know, you, you can mm -hmm. say you team teach like with five fifth grade teachers, but I mean, everybody right. is kind of doing their own thing, you know, and, right. and I think getting that reflection, man, that's a key piece. And, and mm -hmm. that's that is something that could be just transformative in what our teachers get and what educators get. Yeah, I agree. So you're saying join the business world. So yeah, quit teaching is what I'm saying. <laughs> so, so teacher shortages. Oh no, we don't need thing. that. Oh you yeah, call let's make friends no. real quick. Yeah, they have mm -hmm. openings. Right. So, oh uh, yeah, I'll text him right now. Okay, so, great. And yeah. does he get his lunch paid for? You know, I'm yeah, sure he does. I'm sure he yeah, does. Sure. Sons of a guns. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so what do you got going on outside of resetting yourself? Kim, what's happening in your world? Um, so t the uh, Twilight series is currently on Netflix. I'm in a huge <laughs> debate. I've not watched it ever in my life, not read a book. I I'm debating. Never? I haven't. I, I did it out of principle. I just yeah. thought, oh, there's no way. Now, I did sure. read Fifty Shades of Grey and mm. fell into that trap, but I did not read Twilight. Mm. Um, so I'm in debate whether I should re-watch that or not. Uh, big debate. Uh, but I do have two really big projects going on that I'm so excited of, uh, or for. One is Idea U. Um, so my very dear friend, Lindsay Zilly, uh, which I know both of you know, mm -hmm. uh, she had her fifth child. Yeah. Wow. Five. Yeah. Great for her. Um, <laughs> She's building a baseball team. She's something, but yep. woo, Lord help her. Um, but so she asked me to kind of guide her major project this summer while she's on maternity leave. And that is Idea U through Idea. Uh, which is our all of our peeps, you know, where we've all kind of come together and grew as educators and tech people and all of that good stuff. Um, but Idea U is uh, five days um, in August. You can still register. Uh, I know the link will be handed to you all so you can pop it in there. But mm -hmm. each day focuses on a certain theme. Uh, most of them are recorded asynchronous pieces right along with two live sessions. So you'll have a live keynote, but then we also have thought leaders who will come in and talk about equity in the classroom. Um, and right now we're crowdsourcing questions to ask those people. So it goes Monday through Friday. It's great bang for your buck. Um, and I think we've really done a pretty fantastic job of pulling together some great people. Yeah, 40 bucks is pretty cheap for five yeah. days worth of... Mm -hmm. And what I like about it is like the days, like you have a day of coding where like, hey, that's my jam. I'm going to watch that. I'm going to watch that keynote and everything else will be on the back burner. Um, so you can kind of go along with that. So big people talking about great things. And I'm super excited to be a part of it and help my gal pal Lynn's out as she attempts yeah. to get back to normalcy. Um, but one of my newer projects that um, actually came out of this pandemic. So it's called Teach to Lead Illinois, um, and it's the Teach to Lead Summit. So March 9th, around-ish, I go on a trek down to, it wasn't, we went to Normal, and um, I had Dr. Orzel with me, who was my former superintendent, my principal, and three other teachers, and we were chosen to be in the Teach to Lead Summit. And the Teach to Lead Summit works like this. Your team brings a problem to this summit. It can be any problem that you have, anything. You bring it there and for two days, they walk you through a problem solving technique that you go through to solve this problem in your school. It was ID, um, 
IDEO and all of those good, like big thinkers, like it was that experience for yourself and your team. Hmm. So you go down Friday, you spend the night at the hotel, and then you continue it on Saturday. It was fantastic. Like it was 1 million percent. I sat there and I went to the people who ran it. And I said to Faith, I said, Faith, I have to be on the committee. Like I have to be on the committee. I believe in this so much because it was the real work as opposed to looking and being like, oh yeah, we have behavior management problems. Let's fix it. Bring in someone to talk. It'll be great. Champ it up. Whoa. Yeah. Uh, so, like it was looking at the pieces and the outcomes and what they do at the very end is you have this big plan and you write it on a big piece of paper and you put it on the board on the walls and then everyone grabs post-its. And for 30 minutes, that room is completely silent and you're giving feedback to everyone else's plan in the room. And I'm telling you, no one talked. Like no, no one wow. talked that whole time. That's and an awesome so idea. I connected with so many people and districts and it is almost... I mean, it is a bare cost. So the Teach to Lead Summit is a global or um, a U.S. piece, but then these folks brought it to Illinois. So any team can come, any team can join. They give you lunch, breakfast, dinner, the whole ball of wax. It is, I don't know how to get the word out more because it is that great to be part of. Hmm. And I had a, I had a chance to work with Faith on the, the COVID standards they did like the mm -hmm. remote learning standards. And I mean, she was describing it. It's just amazing. It really I mean, is. Yeah. Like it, it just it, blew my mind. Yeah. It's, it's fantastic. And the people they get to speak there and they have teachers of the year there. I, I'm telling you, I don't know how I can like, I would go to every district's door and knock and say, you need to send a team. Yeah. I think we <laughs> definitely, that's something we want to do this year for sure. Mm -hmm. And yeah. you know, to plug idea you more, if you want to hear my voice twice, Wow. I have two sessions on there. So <laughs> if you want, and if you want to see my face, so you actually see that face. I, I do. I wore, I wore a lot of, I wore makeup on it, but you, oh, you know, wow. I mean, I had to look good. You know what? So. <laughs> yeah. I want to watch that now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I bet it's a, it's so I didn't understand the assignment. And so I just talked about like clown school and like how to put yeah. like clown makeup on. So that was, I think that it's going to be a banger. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Top hit. <laughs> I think so. I, I can't wait to look and see one person watch and it's my mom. Wait a minute. <laughs> your wife to us. She's driving her Tesla. She ain't watching. She doesn't care. <laughs> She's not listening to this or watching anything. Uh, Neither does my husband. He's like, you're going to be on a podcast. Shut the door. You're not yeah, funny. That's, that's what, I said, I tell people I'm funny all the time, honey. I don't know. Like yeah. where you're drama oh. major. Hello. Yeah. Hello. Oh, golly. Adam, what about <sighs> you? What are you? Oh, oh, oh my God. I'm still working on the same thing that I've been working on for the last three podcasts, <laughs> which is crying. <laughs> yeah. But like specifically the same part of it. Like I finally, <laughs> I got my quest working and now I am building this full Google certification, level one, level two, like quest all the way through all 12 units or 13 units now. I wow. guess it is. And um, like, it is detailed. I, it's been, it's been a long process and I I'm, I'm about halfway done and I got to be done tomorrow. So like, <laughs> that's the goal I set for myself. So, I mean, I, I do pretty much think it's working that I could probably finish it tomorrow, 
or at least like get it out to them and then finish up the last little bits. Anyway, it's just been uh, it's been a big part of the project. I gotta say, you sound real confident. Um, real confident. Real. You know, if I if I didn't like really really like this project and this platform, I would have quit. Like, I mean, it's been literally three years. And I don't think I've really taken time off. I think it's been like a constant thing that I've been working on for three years. It's really super impressive. Like coming it's, like it's at you, you can cut this out of the podcast or not. Like you really do need to finish it, Adam, because it is, I want to finish because, it. Because <laughs> I mean, more be people need to see it because it is really, really, really fantastic. Well, and the, and the global GEG is, has been using yeah. it over the last couple of weekends. And I mean, it, it's been i i had i was on there on the saturday I couldn't believe how jacked people were for those code words man i mean yeah. it was like yeah it was like they were chumming the water with sharks they wanted I to know. know when those secret code words were coming out and that was man, if we were playing a ICC. drinking game the amount of times we've said shark, shark during yeah. this uh podcast someone would have had lots <laughs> to drink I just drank every time we said the. Oh, good. So yeah, you were in good shape for ending this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> but Dave, what are you doing? I just, I just did it every. On? I was, I, I just drank every time we said reset. So that's right. What I did. Oh, that's true too. Uh, so I'm working on. Uh, so uh, originally I had put on there, we are getting our TI days back, uh, the beginning of the year, kind of planning those and wanting to do something that is really helpful for the teachers, but not wanting to do just traditional PD. And um, what, what's been kind of cool is that in the reflection, Kim had talked about one of the things we reflected on was, okay, we can't go backwards. So now that we are a one-on-one -on -one school district, we have all this technology mm -hmm. access and what do we need to do? And so there's a couple of big programs that we're going to try to roll out to start the year and kind of stagger out our PD on how to use those programs throughout the year. But we have to just do some general kind of, uh, you know, touch base with everyone so that they know these are the programs we have. And this is just kind of general overview. And so we've been talking about that and getting the coaching kickoff together to start the school year. Uh, but the other thing I'm having to do is uh, we, we are big St. Louis Symphony Orchestra fans in our house. And um, they just they have not had a single show for two years because of COVID. And um, so my you know, my daughter's claim to fame for a long time was she went to the symphony's Christmas concert and got got asked to go up on stage. Wow. And conduct the, oh, wow. Conduct the orchestra during sleigh ride. And um, I don't feel fancy enough from to be Santa your friend anymore. I don't, I don't, after this podcast, I'm not fancy enough to be <laughs> well, your friend, I'm, Dave. <laughs> have you saying. noticed how I said my daughter, my wife? <laughs> <laughs> Notice how none of this has to do with me. <laughs> most of the time people are like, oh, is that a, is that like, most of the time they're like, is that like a trading places type situation? This is just like a man that you're paying <laughs> mm -hmm. to take care of for some time, but but no, so so we haven't been able to go to the symphony forever. And today they just announced their full fall and winter slate of shows. And uh, so we got tickets for the Christmas concert. And then I saw they're doing the score of Up, the Pixar movie. Oh, and, yeah. Awesome. Uh, so we're taking Nora to see that. But then I just absolutely lost my mind. They're doing the score for Muppet Christmas Carol, which is my oh. favorite Christmas movie. Wow. And uh, so great. So Steph's like, 
Steph's like, why? What is this credit card charge, Dave? And I'm like, well, let me explain. Let me explain. See how much we saved last year? We're all, that's that's right. Into there. That's right. It's 15% off. <laughs> yes, that's what I think. So yeah. I'm just we, I'm uh, currently tr trying to justify that. So I think that's worth it. We okay. went to uh, the Nashville Symphony when my we visited my parents in Nashville a few years ago, and my boys are a little younger. And uh, we went, and the symphony did like music from a bunch of Pixar movies. And so, so like awesome. while they were playing, they were showing oh, yeah. like, clips of the that scene or whatever in the video. And so they did up, they did the beginning of up, and they did that whole opening sequence oh, where his wife gets i mean like my kids are like bored i was i was like covered oh, in tears my <laughs> wife was crying we're all like oh my god like and i've seen yeah. it before but for whatever reason like in that situation it's it's live so symphony emotional. man it's yeah. amazing yeah oh, absolutely oh my god i love absolutely. that it's amazing yeah no we it's it's kind of become our uh, special place for us so my yeah. my daughter hates sports so uh, she hates anything sports or anything like that, but that's her jams. So. I love it. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I think justified. I say it's Agreed. cool. If, Agreed. Uh, right. Yeah. If you need when your wife to talk to me, just this. let me. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I will. I will. Yep. You hear that, Steph? Right. So what uh, what are you drinking, Dave, to get through this whole purchase of the tickets? Johnny Walker Black. How'd you know I've been drinking all day? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm, that's not true. I started tonight. I had to go to vacation Bible school vacation tonight. Bible so. school. <laughs> We're church. UCC. We've got a pretty We're progressive. Yeah. We're the UCC. Church, We're fine. the church wine. Uh -huh. We're drinking right. the church wine. Right. We, we are United Church of Christ. We have a dog mascot, a, a living living rescue pit bull that walks around in the church. We're fine. wow. Yeah, wow, and I mean, cool. like, like I grew up Catholic, like my whole life, and man, those altar boys were nipping at that church wine like nobody's business, right out that chalice. They did not care. <laughs> they did not care. <laughs> no, I'm drinking Johnny Walker Black. What about you, Adam? I have Jameson Black Barrel, which is one of my favorite Jamesons. It's very tasty. It's good. I stuff. like all Kim? Jamesons, but that was pretty good. Oh my god, I'm drinking Trader Joe's blueberry wine because yes. my daughter Delicious. who's twenty, my daughter who's twenty, was like, "Mom, that looks like such a great wine." And I'm like, "Uh huh, it's four ninety nine. I'm <laughs> yeah. sure it'll be great." Um, it Just is throw very, a few ice cubes in there. Is, I did have the wine. ice cubes. It is very sweet. Um, so yes, that's what I had, and that's what I was drinking. Um, but don't sleep on Trader Joe's because they make some quality stuff. So Tra yeah, I'm absolutely. sure Trader Joe's is listening. I'm sure yeah. they if they're listening. How about that, that sponsorship? You know, yeah. there you go. It's only a matter of time. We'll keep bringing it up every time. <laughs> wear it down. <laughs> well, guys, thanks again for uh, yeah. joining us, Kim. It was great to talk to you again. Awesome. I know we'll we'll Fantastic. have you on it anytime that you want. Good luck with the big reset. Thank you. Thank I you. We all could use it. This is great. Thanks so much. Yeah. Well, thanks, thanks for Kim. staying up late with us tonight. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, well, we you guys uh, who are listening can find us in all of the places you find your podcasts, including Spotify and Pandora and Google Podcasts and that other other podcast thing, um, the Apple one, but we don't have to talk about that. And then uh, so uh, you also can find us on our website, edtechdistilled.com. Uh, We've got show notes mm -hmm. and all sorts of other episodes on there. Reach out to us on Twitter at, at EdTechDistilled, or you can join uh, the conversation on the website as well by filling out our form. Uh, but again, thanks, all everybody, for joining us. Thanks for chatting. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you guys on the next episode. See you later. <laughs>